Hi everyone, welcome to the Power Pod, a space to elevate your life and help you feel more powerful. My name is Alexa and I am the host of this podcast and best-selling author of Power to Persevere. My goal is to help you improve your life through wellness tips and motivation and support you on your journey through life. Make sure you stay tuned for new episodes weekly. Hello everyone. I have a special guest here today, and it's Brianna. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, Brianna is another one of my good friends that I met via social media, via Instagram. I feel like I actually have met most of my like, re- like recent friends through Instagram. It's so weird, but I feel like it's also like a normal thing now today. And Wait, you're my first, which is funny. Oh, really? I don't meet most of my friends on Instagram. Like, you were special in that regard. Oh, my gosh. Stop. But I also feel like we had a lot in common, too, between, like, health, family, Long Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, right? Long we, Island. Well, yeah. Like, we first connected by having a phone call. Right. And, and you we wanted like, oh, to hang out. out. But then I think, like, four or five months went by before we actually, like, met in yeah. person for the first time and then we met in person on the upper east side we got coffee oh my yes it was and like during covid we got coffee it was the fall i remember during covid yeah and then it was we like october or something because i think it might have been like september october september october because i just started yeah, dating just- someone oh remember oh i was like talking to you about him yes like that was, was when it first started yeah i, I was thinking like, about that because i get confused oh i think it was early october no yeah. we, had, we had we had to have met in october because i think yeah it was after my birthday i met him yeah we're not, no longer dating but that's yeah 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 mm. that it was definitely the fall so probably october and then we got dinner like after. I was thinking the dinner was the first time I met you, but dinner was oh after. Oh my God, we got dinner, yeah, at Empayon. Yes. Yeah, in the winter. And then I came over and slept over her house in the summer. <laughs> See, everyone, you never know, like, who you'll meet. You never know. We, like, literally spent a whole weekend together. We had met, like, we twice. Did. We, we went to a workout class in the Hamptons. <laughs> it, was, it was a really fun weekend. Yeah, it was uh, honestly so fun. Remember, I was, like, so exhausted. It was making no sense. <laughs> My sentence was like, laughing the whole night. You like on Long Island, or <laughs> you're like, what's a house party like on Long Island? And I was like, it's not that crazy. Yeah, because like, okay, for the audience, if you don't know me, I grew up. I should honestly do an episode on this. One of my friends who also grew up in the city wants to do this, but I grew up in the city. I grew up in NYC. I grew up in Manhattan. But I have family out on Long Island because, like, that's where my family was born and raised and like immigrated to. So I have the Long Island in me, in my blood still. <laughs> but when I was young, like, we didn't have house parties. We had freeze. If anyone is also from the city and, like, knows what a free is, <laughs> I feel you on the freeze. You I never know. heard that. Was like, like when you be crib? Yeah, we had, like, a free at the crib. And, like, a free is, like, basically, like, like a free apartment. <laughs> That's so fun. I've never heard that. Yeah, like, it was having the free. <laughs> Yeah, we never call them house parties or like apartment parties. Like, what's that? It's just free. It's like, it's <laughs> like that's what we called it, apartment parties, because we didn't really go to apartments that often. Oh, yeah, so it's we free. Never, we didn't have a cool name for it. 
Um, all right, let's hop into you, okay? Audience, everyone listening, thanks for tuning in, by the way. Brianna and I have some sort of a similar path and a similar journey with our healing, our health, health healing, and that all has to do with learning how to love thyself, listen intuitively to what our bodies needed, and just go all in. And we can also talk about the all-in concept, too. So, Brianna, let, just, just take it away. Take it away. Tell us a little bit about how you were able to become the person you are today from what you're doing in your career to also what you're doing via poetry and then how you've been able to heal yourself and live freely and flourish. Awesome. Uh, that's like a huge, so many things. <laughs> like I'm thinking of different ways I could start this, but Basically, my whole health journey started when I was in high school. I was probably 16 years old and I had gut health issues, which needed. So if you've ever heard of C. diff. Oh, yeah. 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 I just recorded a podcast with someone who thought he had that. Okay. Oh, yes. That, That would make sense. But so C. diff can be really bad. Like my dad went undiagnosed with it for two years and ended up developing I always get it wrong it's irritable IBS no he's inflammatory bowel disease so it's not IBS is irritable bowel disease he's inflammatory bowel disease um I always say it wrong but yeah so because he went undiagnosed it turned into that and then I ended up being diagnosed with it but we caught it early because he knew the symptoms um and whatever I took antibiotics to get rid of it it was actually caused by a different antibiotic. And ironically enough, they prescribe you another antibiotic to get rid of it. And it came back again after that. And I was like, okay, this is actually a problem. Like I can't keep getting this thing. And to make a long story short, I started focusing on what I was eating and being really into like eating specific carbohydrates, a lot of like nuts in my diet and like things that were fiber heavy, um, but not too high in refined carbs so that I can essentially like kill this bacteria that was in my gut. And it worked. I never got C. diff again, knock on wood, but it, it, it worked. And it also caused a lot of damage in the sense of I started to see changes in my body at such a young age, being 16 and seeing like myself losing weight. I started to like it. And I started to get a little bit obsessed with it to the point that I found myself by senior year of high school down a lot of pounds. I was working out to keep off all the weight that I lost and lose more. I was calorie counting. I was over-exercising, like burning an insane number of calories. And I wouldn't allow myself to stop working out until I burned that number of calories And by, I remember that summer, it was August of 2014, it was the last time I got my period for a while. I was obsessed with it. And I don't, like, it's not even attainable for certain body types. Like, I wouldn't even say, like, I had one, but I was was trying to, like, attain this thing that was unattainable for my body structure. Yeah. And I was extremely thin, but, like, I just, 
I didn't have the body that like I was, I guess, seeking, right? Like I always right. wanted to have like zombie this- models back in the day where it was like right. adult sizes were like a double, it started double zero and like the models were in like a double zero and double zero today probably couldn't even fit over my thigh. Like the whole entire waist could not fit my thigh. I'm not even kidding. The, right. I felt like there's this whole idea of a, attaining something that's unattainable. And to your point about like the having bushy eyebrows or like curly hair or whatever, like having thick eyebrows is such a blessing because it's cool now. Like you, you have beautiful eyebrows, beautiful hair, but that was never a thing. I also have really curly hair and, and, and. I remember I used to like always try to get my eyebrows thinner and thinner. Now I wish I hadn't touched them at, at such a young age because I, I wish they were like thicker. Yeah. I, I bless the wisdom of my mom for not letting me get them done. Right. I got them done once or like twice by a professional like celebrity eyebrow stylist. I was like, please, can I just be my birthday gift? I was like, I never got my eyebrows done. <laughs> like, all I wanted are my eyebrows to be like beautifully shaped. And I like now I don't even touch them. Just like the right. middle pluck some stray hairs. It's such a beautiful thing that your mom did by forcing you to keep your natural features because everything, first of all, comes back in style at some point. So no matter what you look like, like being you is always going to be in style. style. Like you have to ignore what's hot in the moment because like all the girls with straight hair, it was really cool. Like at one point now everybody wants thick hair. I'm sure again, straight hair is going to come back. Like everything cycles, like just be true to yourself. It's going to be the easiest thing to maintain. Exactly. And I feel like learning how to love yourself is also quite difficult when you have everyone else around you, media outlets um, and magazines and stores looking a different way or like telling you that you're not allowed to look or be a, yourself. See that when I was younger and I was like, oh my God, like I, do I need to lose weight because my thighs are touching? <laughs> like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I just, I didn't understand um, what was wrong. I wanted to like be myself and live my life on my own terms. If the media was saying that I had to do something, then I guess that's what I had to do, right? When did you start to have these obsessive thoughts on eating? Because I don't think like, background of me I've never talked about this before publicly or like on a podcast um but I feel like when after I finished chemotherapy I went into this I I think I had like an eating disorder or like disordered way of viewing life I think it's like orthorexia like we're just obsessed with health and I never really like I don't, I don't know. I didn't like talk about it. I didn't like post about it. I didn't do anything about it. I just like kind of lived my life. And I think it stemmed from the fact that chemotherapy really killed me. So much medication on top of chemo. And it really messed up my gut. Like it got to the point where like even eating, I felt like nauseous. I didn't like just eating hurt me. And whenever I ate, my stomach would just blow up and I feel so nauseous. So like I wasn't eating. I was scared to eat food because everyone on the media is saying, if you eat this, if you eat that, you're going to get cancer. I'm like, oh my God, I just, I had cancer and it just went through chemotherapy. I don't want to, God forbid, have it again. So then I was like obsessed with like eating vegan and that was like even destroying me. Yeah. I wasn't getting nutrients with veganism. Then um, I discovered I had all these gut bacteria dysbioses. And that's when I went to a dietitian to help me heal my gut. But then I was on an extremely strict diet with that. And while I'm so happy that this crazy diet actually helped heal me, like nothing was healing me as diet did, 
I would like reintegrating back into life is scary because I'm like I don't know how to eat again yeah so I I lost my period for a while for over almost two years or it was like a year and a half um but with you you asked before if I if it was like the media or if it was like the gut health issues I feel like a lot of times like all that media stuff is in your subconscious but a lot of times on a conscious level we become obsessed with health right like for you it was it probably was a survival mechanism of like I am not gonna get sick again for me it was like I didn't want to my this gut issue to develop into something deeper but I took it too far and I actually like used it I used the dieting tactics to then like achieve an unhealthy re, uh, goal for myself, which was losing too much weight. And I really came like, I mean, the healing journey itself was, it took a while for me to actually get the help. Like I was going to therapy. I was going to a nutritionist, but like you can go get help. It doesn't mean you're actually seeking help. Mm-hmm. And that's why losing your period, I wish it was unique to just us, but it's it's an epidemic. Like there are so many women that don't menstruate for a number of reasons. Right. And, and that's that's a serious problem. Like your body shuts down fertility and reproduction when it it's it's the first thing to go when your body's in a state of stress. Right. So yeah. I tried to get help and I'm sure it all worked in the background, but like nothing was actually getting me to gain the weight I needed. Like I was in denial. I remember one of my doctors was like, you have to gain like 10 pounds. And I was like, um, and also I'm like four foot 11. So just the number, I feel like pound, like saying pounds is like an arbitrary number, but like. No, it it could seem like a lot. I gained like almost 30 pounds to get my period back. Well, right. So I I ended up gaining 20 pounds, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't being on a protocol. I literally like had a fuck it moment and decided I just, I'm going to eat. I'm so hungry. And I was probably eating four to 5,000 calories a day, just without trying. I was so hungry. I would wake up at 2 a.m. and be like, hungry, pour myself a huge bowl of cereal and go back to sleep. Like I was just eating all the time. That literally same. I think there was one day I hit like 9,000 calories. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I was was binging like crazy crazy I couldn't stop eating I ate almost a whole jar of peanut butter on top of that three slices of pizza this was one meal okay <laughs> half it was like half a jar of peanut butter three huge slices of pizza which gluten and dairy I'm intolerant to so the fact that I was going after these foods I was like what's going on with me yeah the slices of pizza were like bigger than my head and they had vegetables and then loaded with cheese super thick dough three slices still hungry chicken still hungry oatmeal I was like oh my god when is this gonna stop and I didn't I used to be able to eat like I would eat almond butter out of the jar like multiple pieces of pizza and not that there's if you're that hungry like eat but it's like when you come to a place of balance after doing that for I probably was like doing that for almost a full year but I gained 20 pounds in two months and like my period came back pretty quickly but when you're if you're that hungry it's like a sign that something deeper is going on like I truly I like it get grossed out by nut butters now because I overdid it during that time like I can eat a little bit like maybe a like a scoop but like oh my god eating it out of the jar I I can't stomach it anymore because I'm like how did I do this at one point honestly the eating was exhausting 
It was. It, it was, was like a full time But now I eat so much food. I don't care. Like I have a lot of friends who won't eat, who will skip breakfast, um, who won't have like a proper lunch. They just like will work out the whole exactly. day. And it's just like, uh, here I am. I wake up, I have an omelet with toast and avocado and fruit. And like, I'm hungry at 10. Like I have that at seven and at 10, I'm like second meal. <laughs> Yes. So I'm like third meal then at two to like two to four I'm like I need a snack and like I'll eat I eat so much now and it's fine like I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full how old are you first of all when you had this issue like when you first had the issue of um eat like disordered eating or disordered way of viewing your body you were you said you were in high school I was in high school to be honest, I always, and this is probably where the media comes into play, I always had a skewed image of myself, even when I was in elementary school, because there are things that my parents have told me I used to say, like I wouldn't wear shorts because I didn't like the way I looked in them. Like what five-year-old notices? I, mean, I don't know if I was five, but like I definitely know by fourth grade, I was very aware of my body and I wouldn't wear certain things. Mm-hmm. That's so I don't know where that came from. Truly. I still to this day don't, I don't, you know, as far as my upbringing, it was very normal and healthy and it could just be having had parents who were hyper aware of what they were eating because I, you know, my dad has, um, inflammatory bowel disease. So he was hyper aware. Maybe that made me aware, but it was, it was something that was always happening in the background. And then it got really bad when I was like 17, 18. So I would say that's when it like became something I was aware of. And then I got my period back when I was 21. Oh, wow. So in between the time of you not having your period, what was going through your head? And like, what were you doing on a day-to-day basis that was continuing to force you to go down the spiral of amenorrhea? So for those of you who aren't familiar with this term, it's called hypothalamic amenorrhea, and it's essentially when – this is what you had, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it usually happens after three months of not having your period, not having a menstrual cycle, and it's because your hypothalamic is not connecting to your ovaries, and then your – is it pituitary gland? It's because it affects the HPAO axis, so like axis, hypothalamic, yeah. pituitary, adrenal, ovary. So like – this whole entire axis of all these glands within your body creates certain hormones. And when they're all off balance, your hypothalamus cannot communicate with your ovaries to help send signals to your ovaries saying, Hey, we're ready to be fertilized. So like your body feels unsafe and it goes into the survival mode, which is the amenorrhea, a lack of a period. Um, and that's what There's a saying. really good book called no period. Now what by, yeah. Nicola something, but she talks about hypothalamic amenorrhea. And her method of going all in, which is kind of like what we referenced. Yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Yeah. I mean, we did, but that is, there, I feel like whenever I say this, I always give a disclaimer because there is, there can be danger in going all in, like refeeding syndrome. Right. So, you know do it under the care of a doctor or something, but going all in and truly giving your body the nourishment I need, the, it needs, it allows you to heal mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. 
in a way that I don't think anything else does. Right. And maybe that's our personality. Like maybe we're a little bit extreme because I tend to be very extreme. Like I I go all in with a lot of things. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe honestly, I feel like both of our like hypothetical HA experiences were a little different. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like yours might've been something that, correct me if I'm wrong, um, really stem from childhood and mine more so stem from a, a health experience that I had with like the fear of just eating in general because I didn't want to get cancer again but yours was like more like it was long it was like a, a long yeah it was a long time coming time coming of like many experiences that caused you to have like a psychological dissonance with your body and then like just food in general I don't know correct, correct me if I'm wrong totally but I do think nourishing myself like I think I had I had I remember restricting carbohydrates in elementary school. Like I would go to dinner and be like, I can't eat the bread on the table, which is, it it was silent. Like I didn't speak about these things out loud. So I don't know that anyone picked up on them, but I, I had this internal conflict. I used to pinch my stomach because I, if I thought I gained weight and obviously you're going to gain weight when you're in elementary school, like that's developmentally appropriate. So yeah, it was a long time coming, but nourishing myself appropriately which I finally learned how to do at like 21 and so on mm-hmm. I actually mentally healed as well and because talk I was us through that a little bit like how was that process what, what what was it like for you well I just I had this fuck it moment I sat my roommates down and I was like I'm gonna just start eating and exercising I mean sorry I'm gonna stop exercising and start eating um, because I asked them, is there anything like you notice about me that's weird? Right, and one of the girls said, oh, you don't get your period. No, I had, I thought they were going to, I expected them to say, no, nothing is different about you. And I was like, yeah, I don't get my period. So in an effort to fix it, you know, this is what's been going on and I'm not going to go to the gym anymore. And I'm going to be eating a lot to conserve my calories. Yeah. Um, and what you know. did it feel like for you to tell your roommates that like, what, why, why did you feel like there was a need to, to share it with others? Well, I just, they nicknamed me the broccoli girl because I literally ate so many vegetables and was so healthy. And I mean, I was so thin at that point that everyone thought I was this health freak, which I was, but it was a cover up to just try to be skinny. And it's exhausting. Yeah, I I knew I had to address it because for me to not go to the gym would have been strange to them when I was going two hours a day, every day. Oh, wow. So you went for two hours. And like, what were you doing at the gym? Hello, everyone. I'm so excited you made it to the halfway point. I'm going to do a part two of this episode and you can actually watch it down below. If you enjoyed it so far, you know what I'm about to say. I hope you give it a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. And on Apple Podcasts, please submit a beautiful review to help the podcast grow. So I'll see you all in a little bit. Just scroll down and click that link.